Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Let's get moving with Maria. Inspiration to spend a few minutes each day to get moving on the small things that can make a big difference in your life. Thank you for joining us. Today we're talking about gossip and how we can decrease the amount of time we are gossiping, especially when we're passing along judgment about others, because what we say matters. Research published last month in the journal Social, Psychological, and Personality Science about gossip found that people spend about 52 minutes per day on average talking to someone about someone else who is not present. Now, while this study found that we are spending a good deal of time gossiping each day, it also found a vast majority of gossip is non-judgmental chit-chat. Most of it's neutral, can be positive because it can create a social alliance and cohesion, but 15% is mean-spirited. With me today is Dr. Jackie Chen, who is an assistant professor of psychology at the University of Utah. Dr. Chen has done research regarding cognitive relationship bias. And Dr. Chen, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. Take a minute and just talk about gossip and from your perspective, what you feel about gossip. Well, I think you summed it up quite nicely. Gossip can have a lot of different functions and it can have a lot of different content. So it can just be neutral um, or it could be positive, sharing someone else's good fortune. Unfortunately, some of it might be negative. And so I think when we talk about gossip, it's important to think about what type of gossip we want to focus on. And perhaps today we should talk about the downsides of negative gossip. Yeah, let's begin and talk about awareness. When we're talking about 52 minutes a day, I mean, that kind of caught me by surprise. Are we aware that we are even being judgmental when we're talking about others? I mean, I think probably a big part of this is just becoming aware of what it is you're doing. Probably we aren't aware. And I think the definition of gossip used, I'm not sure if the authors actually labeled every every conversation that they defined as talking about someone else in terms of gossip. So sometimes we might pass along important information, and that's that's part of the role of gossip within a social group. So if I'm in a family and I know that so-and-so's husband is up for a big promotion at work, I could tell that to someone else, and neither of the individuals in, directly involved are actually in the room. Now, would that be considered gossip or is it more yourself as a node within a social network passing along important information that keeps the group functioning? Right. And I did use their definition, talking about someone who is not present at Uh the time. So, yes. But give us some um, perspective from your research. I think that gossip is one of the ways that we can transmit judgment on others in a way that makes us appear less judgmental. So 
if if you say, well, I heard that so-and-so cheated on their test or I heard that they defaulted on a loan, you're not claiming that you believe that to be true. And you can pass along that information in a way that sort of liberates you from any wrongdoing, even though, as we know from other research, that people don't actually like people who gossip about others in a negative way. But still, as the gossiper, we might think, well, I'm passing along this negative information about someone else. But because I'm not claiming I believe it, I can still get away with passing along that negative information. And so that's the first step is being aware that the things we say, even if we're furthering information we don't personally endorse, the listener doesn't really see that that nuance. And in the case of negative gossip, you actually are going to be evaluated negatively for passing it on. Right. Well, we're talking about people that much, 52 minutes, even though some of that's, you know, you know, someone's not feeling well today, some of that kind of information. Is there some innate need to do this? I think so. So like you said, it gossip does serve a purpose. One purpose is the transmission of knowledge and keeping group members on the same page about things. Another is social affiliation. We, If I want to be your friend, one way that I can try to forge a bond with you is to share some information with you that might not be privy to other people. And so that might be a way that I might try to form a social friendship or closeness with you. You mentioned judgmental. Mm-hmm. And how time sometimes we pass it, even though we're pretending not to be judgmental. Mm-hmm. How can we be more aware that we're doing this? You can think about the little catchphrases you might use when you're trying to pass that information along. Things like, well, I don't know if it's true. I don't necessarily believe this. Things that we do to throw in caveats before we pass along negative information. If you catch yourself making those kinds of disclaimer statements, you can almost be sure that the next thing you're about to say is a little bit negative, that you know deep down it's judgmental, it might not be legitimate, and perhaps take a pause, take a beat, and and don't relay that type of information. How would you like people to look at some of this information? Because I think some people don't know they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Now, the catchphrases, that's that's a key for me and something that I'm going to w- kind of watch for um, when I'm listening to people and listening to myself. But sometimes we don't know that we're doing some of these things. What would you pe- like people to take away? That's a difficult question. I think if you – I think we should, first of all, be honest with ourselves and, and you know – Talking about people who aren't there is human nature. So have a little bit of self-compassion and forgiveness for yourself and know that you probably have done this in the past and that it's a little more frequent than you might like to think. In addition to the catchphrases, you could think about what are potential triggers for you. Why might you be passing on negative information about people? Is there a certain coworker that you dislike? And so you might pass along some negative information about that person or judgment on that person because they're a source of annoyance for you in the workplace. Uh, you could try to try to think about uh, what I would say are like the risk factors, people that you dislike or relationships that are a little bit complicated. Those are probably the areas of concern where you might want to watch yourself if you are trying not to gossip as much. What are the dangers of our negative talk about other people? So, of course, one is to the person that the danger is about the person who's the target of your gossip, right? Because you could be spreading uh, misinformation about that person. That's unfair, right? In the workplace, especially, you could be, you know, 
misrepresenting someone's competence or their ability to be a good team player, and that could harm their own advancement or social cohesion of the work team. So that's that's one type of negative consequence of gossip. Another would be, of course, for yourself. So research has shown that, like I said before, gossipers are not really well evaluated. So if you say something negative about another person, it actually goes against you. So people don't like when other people tell them negative things. Now, one potential exception to this is that people, sometimes people gossip about an individual who might be a threat to the group. Okay. So if you are in in a cohesive group and then there's a person who behaves in a very strange or non-normative way, you might be trying to do the group a, a favor by furthering that negative information. So, for example, if you're in a group of neighborhood moms and you pass along information that this person who was supposed to babysit for you was a total flake and at the last minute canceled, you telling the other moms in that group may not necessarily be bad gossip because it's important for the rest of the group to know that, hey, this person may not be as reliable as we thought she was. Let's look at bigger social implications um, when we're talking about things like um, discrimination, you know, Mm -hmm. race and gender and those types of things. Absolutely. I mean, there are some huge consequences from negative gossip in that in that way. Yes. And I think that this is one area where we really often use disclaimers. So we might say, well, not that I think this is always true, but I did see a black person shoplift. And in that language, we can communicate and make sort of strengthen stereotypes Because what we're doing is furthering that stereotypic information in the content in a way that we still lets us get off a little bit scot-free. And so that's one area that's particularly dangerous because you can often say, well, I don't personally endorse this, but most people think that women are worse in science than men. And so, again, with that language, you're still – when someone listens to that, they're still hearing, ah, yes, most people think – Women are worse than men in science. And so in their minds, you're just strengthening the view that people believe in these stereotypes. And just from our workplace to the next workplace to the next workplace, I mean, these do have big social implications. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the belief that other people believe in stereotypes can be very insidious, can be very harmful. So even just whether or not you personally endorse them, believing that other people endorse them can make people do... Uh, strange or unhealthy negative things. Right. How can we make a difference? What kinds of small changes can we make in our everyday talking about our friends, you know, talking about their health, just those conversations? How can we make a difference in those conversations? Well, I would say if you are legitimately, you know, passing along information about another person and you think it's for their benefit, maybe go that extra step and think about, okay, so so so-and-so is having a hard time. They might Uh, Maybe the gossip is that they're at risk for being laid off. And so you're passing along this information. One one nudge you could try to make is to ask yourself, how can I help? And maybe it's just sending a friendly text or inviting that person out for coffee or their kids, Um, trying to change or channel that energy that went into the gossiping into something more helpful. Because if you are doing passing along that information for a reason that is supposedly to help the person, then you might want to think about ways that 
other ways, small ways that you could help them. Anything that you'd like to add that maybe I haven't asked you? I would say let's try not to be too hard on ourselves. Gossip, as I said, serves this important function within families, within friendship groups, etc. If we can just nudge ourselves to be more neutral to positive gossipers, I think that would be a huge benefit. Dr. Chen, thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much for having me.